All right, take your Bibles tonight and turn to Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. Thank you for that song. That was a blessing. <clears throat> Alex, I think, uh, I think your voice dropped another half an octave or so while you were gone to school. Wow, he was down there low. <clears throat> I, I, you know, I know he's got a bass voice, but whoa, he was hitting the basement. <laughs> Underneath the basement, I think. Matthew chapter 10. We're going to basically uh, read through the, the, the entire chapter tonight. We're not, we'll do it a little bit at a time. This is a good example of what the scripture says, uh, where it says, where it admonishes us to uh, study, uh, to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You've got to be able to know what scriptures are applied to what situation and what timeline. And in, in, this, in this particular passage, there's really three different timelines. The first timeline uh, will, will apply to the apostles that are going out, and they're going out and, and uh, uh, presenting the kingdom to Israel. And we'll, we'll, see, we'll see some peculiarities about that here in just a minute. And then the, the next section that he addresses, uh, it's, it's uh, obviously not talking about when the apostles went out, because some of that stuff doesn't match. Uh, it's looking ahead and looking forward to, uh, to the time of the tribulation. And there's some reasons for that, and we'll see that here in just a minute. But then what we're going to focus on tonight is the last section, and that, that would be verses 24 down through 39, where he gives instructions to disciples and their general kind of instructions, and those are the instructions that specifically apply to us. With that in mind, let's all stand together, if you would. We'll read the first 15 verses and pray and get right into the message here tonight. Verse 1 of chapter 10 says, And when he had called unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits, to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of diseases. Now, the, the, the name of the 12 apostles are these. The first, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the publican, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Levius, whose surname was Thaddeus, Simon, the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him, these twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go uh, not into the, the way of the Gentiles and into any city of the Samaritans, enter ye not, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as ye go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's key right there. The kingdom of heaven, that's talking about the physical, visible, literal millennial kingdom that will one day come down to this earth. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely ye have received, freely give. Provide neither gold nor silver nor brass in your purses, nor scrip for your journey, neither two, two coats, Neither, neither shoes nor yet staves, for the workman is worthy of his, of his meat. And into whatsoever city or town ye shall enter, inquire who, who in it is worthy, and there abide till ye go thence. 
And when you come into an house, salute it. And if the house be worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it be not worthy, let your peace return to you. And whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear your words, when you depart out of that house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we come before you tonight, a needy people. And Lord, we need assurances. We need instruction every single day. And we pray, Lord, that uh, tonight that our hearts would be open to your word and that there would be a desire in each and every one of our hearts to want to be your disciple, to want to follow you, to want to do that which you've commanded us to do. And uh, I pray, Lord, that we would be not only encouraged, but also uh, uh, helped to uh, really have a, have a, a desire and a want to be the kind of a witness that is so desperately need, needed in this day and age. And Father, uh, help people to see Jesus Christ in us. I pray, Lord, that as you speak to our hearts tonight, that we'll respond to you and that you, you'll have your will and your way in each and every one of our hearts tonight. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. First 15 verses are instructions to the apostles. <laughs> That's important because there are no apostles on this earth today. I know there's some guys that say they are. When we were in Green Bay, there was a fellow who was running around town claiming to be an apostle and have an apostleship. Uh, the apostles were a select group of, of people uh, during the time of Christ, and there are no apostles today. But some things about this, these 15 verses, first of all, it's not for the church and it's not for missionaries Today, you're supposed to take clothes. You're supposed to take uh, money. You're supposed to take things when you go uh, to either fulfill a ministry or just to go to be a witness. Uh, this is a, a mission that was strictly to the house of Israel. And it made it, it, Jesus made it very clear. He said, don't go to the Gentiles. Well, that's not the command that we have today. We have, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And then thirdly, the, the kingdom was being offered to Israel because he said the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And by the way, you find that, that uh, phrase, kingdom of heaven, only in one book. And that one book is the book of Matthew. Matthew is a Jewish gospel that was written to the Jews and with a Jewish flavor to it. And uh, uh, you, don't, you, don't find, uh, you don't find that phrase, kingdom of heaven, in any of the other gospels. You find the kingdom of God, and they are not the same. I don't care what the Bible college professors tell you. Uh, they're not the same. They're different. The Bible says that the, the uh, uh, kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. So it's, one's a spiritual kingdom and one's a physical, visible, literal kingdom. And that kingdom was, was offered to Israel. And of course, you know what, what they did. They rejected it. Then the next passage are instructions for the disciples in the, in the future and also uh, even further beyond that to the time of, of, the, uh, of the tribulation. And we'll show you why that is here in just a moment. 
But in uh, verse 16, we'll take verse 16 down through verse 23. Verse 16 says, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves, but beware of men, for they will deliver you up to the councils, and they will scourge you in, in their synagogues. And ye shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, take no thought how or, or what ye shall speak, for it shall be given you in that same hour what ye shall speak. For it is not ye that speak, but the Spirit of your Father which speaketh in you. That's interesting. Verse 21, and the brother shall deliver up the, the brother to death, and the father the child and the child and the children shall rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved. But when thy, they persecute you in this city, flee ye into another, for verily I say unto you, ye shall not have gone over the cities of Israel till the Son of Man be come. So that right there is also a, a tip and a clue that is talking about a time that is in the future. In verse, in verse 5, one of the reasons why we know that this was not given to the apostles the first time they went out was because in verse 5 it forbids them to go to the Gentiles. And, and then in, further down in verse 18 it says that there'll be a witness to the Gentiles. So that, that obviously doesn't match. And then in verse 20, it says that the Spirit of God would speak in them. That doesn't happen until after the day of Pentecost, until after the, after the crucifixion and the resurrection. Uh, thirdly, the apostles, the first time they went out, weren't persecuted. The things that he just listed that would happen to them uh, did not happen when they went out the first time. And then the, 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 the big kicker really is verses 22 and 23. In fact, look down at them again. Verse 22 says, And you should be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved. Uh, that is very similar to what you find in Matthew chapter 24, and verses 9, and then again in, in verse 13. The, uh, Matthew 24 is clearly a tribulation passage. And so when you see that, you can link those two together. Verse 23 in Matthew 10 says, But when they persecute you in this city, flee ye into another. For verily I say unto you, you shall not have gone over the cities of Israel till the Son of Man be come. So it's obviously looking ahead to the future for the tribulation period. However, we get down to verse 24, and we take it all the way down to verse 39, and we find that, that uh, he gives some instructions for present-day disciples. And these are, these are just some things that God wants us to remember when we're living for Christ. These are some things that God wants us to be mindful of, uh, things to remember when, when we're attempting to follow Christ and to be his disciples even today. And so look with me, first of all, in verses 24 and 25. This is the first thing. It says, the, the disciple is not above his master, 
nor the servant above his Lord. It is enough for the disciple that he be as his master and the servant as his Lord, if they have called the master of the house Beelzebub. How much more shall they call them of his household? First thing we need to remember is that uh, we, we, we need to expect a certain type of treatment. Uh, Jesus was not treated well. Uh, he, was, he was disdained. He was mocked. He was ridiculed. Uh, they held him in, in great disregard. Well, if we're following him, why should we expect uh, any less than that? And we really shouldn't. Sometimes we get amazed at the reaction. I know particularly that was true of me when, when I first got saved. And I thought everybody would like to know that I got saved. I found out everybody didn't care <laughs> to know that I got saved. Uh, but uh, uh, I was excited about it, but it didn't seem like a whole lot of other people were really all that excited about it. And uh, that kind of took me back and took me by surprise. It doesn't anymore because as I've gotten into the Bible, I've realized that, that that's how Jesus Christ was treated. And if you're following him, uh, you're going to get the, a similar type of treatment. They held him in such disregard that uh, they, they, uh, they called him Beelzebub, which is the Lord of, of the dung flies, the Lord, the Lord of the flies. And uh, uh, so they, they were very disrespectful of him. Uh, expect to be called names, expect disrespect, uh, ex expect to be mocked because your Lord was mocked and disrespected. Uh, and, and understand, you're in good company because uh, he knows how to comfort us when we're in those kind of situations. Uh, go, with me, go with me to uh, Matthew, Matthew chapter 8. Back up just to Matthew 8. And look with me in verses uh, 19 and 20. Matthew chapter 8, verses 19 and 20. It says, And a certain scribe came and, and said unto him, Master, I will, follow, I, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. And Jesus saith unto him, The foxes have holes, and the birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. And there's no response given. It's like the guy just kind of faded into the crowd, and that's probably exactly what did happen. Um, you know, you think about it, what, what would you have said had you been told that, that very same thing? And, and uh, the truth is, is that uh, because Jesus was not treated well, don't expect that people are, are going to treat you well. Probably won't, though. You'll, you'll probably get a similar type of response. So be careful of what you expect. Now, do you, should you expect God to work in their hearts? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and understand this, even though Jesus got much disrespect, can I tell you, God was working in their hearts. And, and that's why they responded the way they did. That ought to encourage you. I would much rather, I would much rather see some kind of a reaction than no reaction at all. Because when you get some kind of a reaction, you know God's doing something in there and that they're fighting, they're not fighting. And remember this, and don't ever forget this, they're not fighting you. They're fighting God, okay? And it's not you that they're disrespecting, but it's the God whom you serve that they're disrespecting. 
Then the second thing that we need to remember, down in verses 26 through 28, verse 26 says, fear, fear them not therefore, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed and hid that shall not be known. He tells them, he says, listen, don't, even though that's gonna be their response, he said, don't fear them. What I tell you in darkness, that, uh, that uh, speak, speak ye in light, and what ye hear in the, in the ear, that preach ye upon the housetops. And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. The next thing we need to remember is, is who we should fear. Don't fear those who ridicule you. Don't fear those that reject you. And I understand nobody likes to be rejected. I don't like to be rejected. Uh, you don't like to be rejected. But understand that's part of the Christian life is standing up for God and there, there'll be many that will not accept that. But there'll be others that, that uh, will be touched by it and the Lord will take your testimony and use it to be a, a help and a blessing to those folks. But, but don't fear those who ridicule and those who oppose you. Instead, God says, be bold. Uh, the Bible says, perfect love casteth out fear. Perfect love casteth out fear. What's perfect love? Well, it starts with love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. If you're being a witness because uh, you love the Lord and because you want to please the Lord, then that will overcome any fear that you might have of the kind of response that you might get. And then secondly, it says, and the second is like unto it, love thy neighbor as thyself. Well, if you love them, then the truth of the matter is you don't want them to die and go to hell. Um, there, are, there have been several people that have passed into eternity within these last four weeks. There were some people that I knew personally and uh, some of those folks died and went to heaven. Uh, some of those folks did not. Uh, whenever you hear of someone passing away, I, I hope God brings to your, your mind, and I think he will if you let him, uh, just, you know, where is that person? Uh, understand that, that uh, their, their life on this earth right now, yes, has, has quit, but their existence has not. They continue on. And they continue on one of two places. They're either, they've either gone to heaven to be with the Lord Jesus Christ for all eternity because they've trusted him and him alone as Savior, or they've died and gone to hell and will be there for all eternity. And the, the, the rich man that Jesus talked about in Luke 16 that he said uh, lifted up his eyes in torments is still in that same place, still, you know, 2,000 years later, still lifting up his eyes in torments. And, uh, and we need to realize that uh, people are not the ones that we ought, we ought to fear. We ought to fear the Lord. And obviously, uh, the, the fear of the Lord isn't so much for us when we're witnessing, it's for those that, are, that we're witnessing too. Because if they don't repent and believe on Jesus Christ and trust him and him alone as Savior, then they'll die and they'll go to hell for all eternity. I, re I remember when I was younger in the Lord and I read this, this passage, 
And uh, it talked about uh, fearing the one who can basically send you to hell. Uh, I, I, I thought, well, that must be talking about the devil. Well, the more I, I read my Bible, the more I realized it wasn't the devil. It's talking about Jesus Christ. It's talking about God. Uh, he's the one who says, depart from me, ye wicked, into everlasting fire, where there'll be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. Um, he's the one that we ought to fear. And, uh, and, you know, what do you fear more? Do you fear what, more what others can do to you? Or do you really fear for them and what, what God will do to them if they don't trust the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior? And that's the thing that, that ought to motivate us, not, not, the, not the fear of man. In fact, the Bible says the fear of man bringeth a snare, but we ought to fear the Lord and we ought to fear for them because we know what their fate is if they do not trust Christ as Savior. Then the, the, the next thing we need to remember is we need to remember who cares for us. Look with me down in verses 29 down through 31. Verse 29 says, are, are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? And one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear ye not therefore, year of more value than many, than many sparrows. Um, he's telling us that if he cares for the sparrows, how much more does he, he care for us? And if you compare uh, verse 29 with Luke chapter 12 and verse 6, verse 29 says two sparrows are sold for one farthing. If you go to Luke uh, chapter 12 and verse 6, it says five sparrows. Are, uh, are, are sold for two farthings. So what you've got there is you've got two for one farthing and you've got five for two farthings. So he throws in an extra one because they're really not worth much of anything. And he's saying, listen, if he cares about the sparrows <laughs> and they are worthless, basically, how much more does he care for you and me? And, and, and sometimes, uh, you know, we, you know, what, what it's telling us is that that, that the things that sometimes are insignificant to us are significant to God. For instance, uh, he goes on and says, the hairs of your head are numbered. Now, he doesn't just say they're, they're counted, but they're numbered. So every one of your hairs has a number on it. Now, don't look for it because you won't be able to see it, okay? But they're, it, they're numbered. And so, uh, you know, I, in fact, I, I, lost, uh, I lost number 286 and 287 this morning in the shower. Uh, uh, the, the, you know, your, your, your hairs on your head are, are numbered. And you say, well, who numbers it? Well, obvious, the obvious answer is God's numbering the hairs. Well, if he cares about the hairs on your head, how much more does he care about the little things in life? We need to be careful because I, and again, I'm preaching as much to myself as I am to you this evening. Uh, I, have to, I have to watch it. Sometimes I hear a testimony and uh, somebody gives a testimony about something that sounds just totally insignificant. But here's the thing. It was important to the person that gave the testimony. You know, they say, I, I just praise the Lord that uh, uh, I was able to make uh, uh, connections on a flight 
because uh, uh, I had some business to do and, and uh, I was able to be a witness and testimony and a blessing to somebody. And I, I'm, I'm sitting, I'm listening to that thinking, thinking, well, that's pretty insignificant testimony. Well, God doesn't think that. God doesn't think that. He, in fact, uh, he numbers your hairs and he knows every time you lose one and uh, the, 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 he cares for the sparrows. So how much more should he care for us and for even those things that we would think are insignificant. Now listen, if somebody's given a testimony about something that they were encouraged about, then evidently it meant something to them. And you know what? Well, if it means something to us, then God takes notice of that thing. You know, I, I, and you hear me say this until you're probably tired of hearing me say it, but it is so true and I'm always reminded of it and I'm encouraged by it. Our God is extremely personal with us, personally. And that means he cares for you. Not for you as a congregation, not for us as a world. Yes, he does care for those things, but he cares for you personally. And he cares about your day. And he cares about the events that happen in your day. And he cares about your, your worries. And he cares about your cares. And he cares about the things that, that you are concerned about. And, and, you know, you look at it, you look at those things in the grand scheme of things, and they really are insignificant. But so is the sparrow. But he cares for that sparrow. So are the hairs in your head. But he has them numbered. And so he cares about every area of your life. And uh, uh, he took care of the apostles when they went out. Now, remember, remember the rest of the story. If you know historically what happened to these apostles, uh, except, for, except for the apostle John, uh, all the others were, were martyred. They all died for Jesus Christ. Uh, and yet, during that process and during all of the trials and the tribulations that, that they went through personally during that time, God cared for them and made sure that uh, just like that, those verses that we quoted at the beginning of the, of the service tonight, uh, his grace is sufficient and it's always sufficient and, and he'll get us through. The next thing that we, we need to remember is who Christ honors. Look in verses 32 and 33. Who Christ honors. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men. That's talking about being a witness, being a testimony. Him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. Now, this isn't dealing with, with salvation. Uh, this is dealing with the eternal inheritance. This is also dealing with prayer requests. I believe you have power with God as you confess him and as you witness for him. And uh, uh, take your Bibles, and I'll show you what I'm talking about. Go to, go to 2 Timothy chapter 2 with me, if you would. Keep your finger here in Matthew, but go to 2 Timothy 2. Second Timothy chapter two, and we're going to look at verses 11, 12, and 13. <clears throat> Verse 11, it says, "It is a faithful saying, "For if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, 
we shall also reign with him. And they were going to suffer for him. If, if we deny him, he will also deny us. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful. He cannot deny himself. And so what, what that's saying is that's looking forward and ahead to millennial reign and future rewards. And it, it's telling us that Christ honors those who confess him. Uh, it, it also, you know, as I said before, it also applies to our prayer request. If, if we don't speak up for him, uh, he'll deny us when we come to him for, for the desires of our heart. And uh, uh, just keep in mind that Christ honors us when we honor him. And one of the great, greatest ways that we can honor him is speak up and be a verbal testimony for Jesus Christ. The fifth thing that we need to remember is found down in verses 34 down through 39. It says, Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father and the daughter against her mother and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it. And he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. Um, we're reminded here of, of what we can't escape. We can't escape conflict. And this is one of the things that Jesus promised. Now, this is not one of the promises that you go to and grab it and say, oh, I really want that promise fulfilled in my life. But it's, but it's a fact of life. It's just true. Uh, you can have uh, inner peace but have some difficulties and conflicts on the outside. It's the inner peace on the inside, the peace that only Jesus Christ can give, that, that, that gets you through uh, the, the outer conflict and, and causes you to be able to handle that conflict. Uh, when you got saved, there was kind of a war that was declared. And the war starts with your loved ones. Uh, again, after I got saved, I immediately wanted to tell my parents. I immediately wanted to tell uh, my brother. I wanted to tell my sister. I wanted to tell my friends. I wanted to tell the people that I was close to at school. And I found out that they weren't that thrilled to hear about the fact that I had trusted Christ as Savior. And I did not get the, re the response that I thought I would. Um, it, it's always been amazing to me how that some parents, and I've, I've seen this over the years, some parents would rather have their kids be drunkards, messed up, uh, perverted druggies, rather than be saved and have God clean up their life and put them on a straight path and, and uh, uh, be a testimony and a witness for Jesus Christ. Uh, because what that, what that will often do is it'll cause them to, to go to another church. And oh, Lord forbid, if they go to a, a church different than the one that they grew up in that never taught them about salvation. But, but that kind of conflict, we should expect. We should expect that kind of conflict. And, uh, and in context, if you look with me, if you look with me in Matthew 10, down in verse uh, 38, it says, And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me 
is not worthy of me. It's talking about uh, the, the, the cross of Christ and the conflict and shame that we bear when we confess him and when we love him supremely, when we love him more than our father, when we love him more than our earthly mother, when we love him more than the rest of our family. Um, in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 11, there is a, a phrase that's used. In Galatians 5, 11, it uses the phrase uh, offense of the cross. And the cross was used for criminals. The cross was used for, for bad guys. And the way, that, the way that the world looks at us, and you're going to see this more and more as, as, as the perilous times keep snowballing uh, in our country and around the world, uh, you're going to notice that they're going to look at us more and more as the enemy. We're the enemy. And, uh, uh, you know, if, if, you're, if your thought is, well, I want to be a witness, but I don't want to offend anyone. Lots of luck with that one, okay? Because the truth of the matter is, truth offends. Jesus Christ did not do so purposefully, but he, because he spoke truth, it offended some people. And uh, don't have an offensive spirit. I'm not talking about that at all. But I'm talking about the fact that if you are just bold with the truth. Now, again, when I was new in the Lord and I first gotten saved, you know, I didn't, I didn't handle things properly. I didn't always have the right spirit and the right, the right attitude when I approached folks with the gospel. But since then, I've learned some things, hopefully, and, uh, and hopefully you have too, and you'll continue to learn as, as you grow in Christ. And, and, and one of the things you learn is the truth does offend. Well, expect it. Uh, yeah, you, you shouldn't necessarily have a desire to offend people, but you certainly want to have them get the truth. And then in verse, verse 39, and this is the attitude that has to accompany that, verse 39, he that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. There's only, there's only two choices. The first choice is to find your life, in other words, live it for you, and lose it, or lose it for Christ, live it for him, and find it. And, and you know what I don't find anywhere in Scripture? There's no fence that you can walk between those two. It's either one side or the other. And uh, we need to not let the offense of the cross cause us not to, not to have a desire to want to, to live for him and to, to lose our life for him. And then the, the last thing we need to remember is uh, what we will be to some people, uh, what God will, will do and with you and how he'll use you to be a blessing. Look down in verses 40 through 42. It says, He that receiveth you receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. He that receiveth the prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward, and he that that uh, uh, receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward, and whosoever shall give to drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water, only in the name of a disciple, verily I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. As I read through that passage, I think of, of uh, the fact the Apostle Paul said that we were ambassadors for Christ, we're representatives. And, and not everyone's gonna reject your witness and not everyone's gonna reject 
the things that you do for them and the things that you say to them. And those who accept the message will receive a blessing. And so remember, you'll be a blessing to some people. Uh, you'll, be, you'll be an encouragement to some people. You'll be a help to some folks. And, and it, it's not the messenger that's of importance, but it's, it's the one who has sent us. It's the one who is giving the orders here in Matthew chapter 10, who's telling them to go and, and what to do and what to expect. Um, what we are, in fact, one of the songs that I just really enjoy in our, in our songbook is the, the uh, song, uh, Channels Only Blessed Master. Uh, we are channels of blessing. And that song talks about the fact that God's power and God's love and so forth can flow through us. And through us, we can be a blessing. We can be an encouragement to, to uh, we can be an encouragement to the saved. We can be a, a blessing to those that are lost because we give them the gospel and, and we tell them how that they can know for sure. Listen, if you don't tell them, if I don't tell them, if we're not, we're not outward and we're not aggressive and we're not verbal and we're not passing out tracts and we're not doing those kind of things, who in the world is going to do it? You know, who's going to tell those people that you work with? Who's going to tell the people in your neighborhood? Who's going to tell those people that you come in contact with on a daily basis? If you and I don't tell them, who will? So God, what God's telling these folks and telling us tonight is to go. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And wherever you have the opportunity, open your mouth for God. Be a witness. Stand out for Christ. But don't ever forget this. You're never, ever alone. You're never alone. God will take care of you. We ought to be more afraid of what could happen to them because of the God whom we serve uh, than we are afraid of them. You know, uh, one of the things that God told Jeremiah, when, when Jeremiah had to go and, and, uh, and preach to Israel, and he had to give them warnings. And uh, I think Jeremiah probably had one of the most uh, discouraging uh, ministries of, of just about anybody in the scriptures. Because he was told, even before he went, that they weren't going to listen to him. But they, God still wanted him to, to go and be the witness and be the voice and to, to warn the people. Um, and so, so Jeremiah did. He did that. Uh, he, God took care of Jeremiah. God, uh, God uh, uh, went with him, so to speak, and uh, he did not go alone. Remember, you don't go alone either. And uh, the, the scripture tells us that when Jesus gave the gave the command to his disciples. He said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He said, lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. He'll go with you. He'll strengthen you. He'll, he'll, he'll give you the power. He'll give you the provisions that are necessary. But it's our responsibility to go. But as we go, we need to remember that God goes with us, that God cares for us, that yes, there will be conflicts. Yes, there will be difficulties. But if we have the right spirit, we have the right attitude, and we, we have the right fear that motivates us, 
God will take what we use and we use it to be a blessing. Again, if we don't open our mouths and we don't tell folks about the gospel, who will? Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, thank you tonight for the reminder of the fact that each and every one of us has a responsibility. Those of us that are saved, we have a responsibility to share that what you have done for us with others because just like you saved us, you can save others and you have a desire to save others. And so, Father, I pray that you help us to remember that it's you whom we serve and that you go with us and that, yeah, there's going to be conflicts, but God, you care for us. And no matter what we're going through today, no matter what we go through tomorrow, Lord, you care and you'll provide for us along the way. Lord, speak to our hearts and help us to resolve in our hearts even tonight to be a witness, to be a testimony. Uh, we are the only, we're the only Bible that a lot of people read or listen to. Uh, we are uh, the only connection that some people in our circle of influence has when it comes to the truth. And if we don't tell them, they probably won't be told. And so, Father, help us to take our responsibility seriously. Speak to our hearts tonight. And, Lord, as you do, may we, may we give in to you, may we surrender to you, and may we be the witness and the testimony that, that you need us to be for Jesus Christ. For it's in your name that we pray. Amen.